What's up, humans? This is Victor Ung, and you are listening to the Human Up podcast. This is a podcast all about emotional intelligence and how to improve that within ourselves so that we can show up best for those around us. This week, I wanted to talk about how cannabis can be a awesome tool to facilitate this emotional development process. And as a disclaimer, cannabis is not a panacea. It will not work for everyone. And so as you are listening here, please do your own research as well. And to take your own precautions in what you decide to take, how much you take, and what you use it for. But having that said, I will go through all the different dosage levels and ingestion methods or strains and terpenes that will work best in certain situations and specifically how we can use it for meditation and a more mindful practice. And stick around towards the end of the episode where I'll share more about the four-week cannabis meditation course that is starting next week. So if you're curious to how to use cannabis more consciously or to deepen your meditation practice, definitely stick around towards the end. All right, so before we get into all the good science behind cannabis and meditation, I wanted to share why I am doing this and why I'm creating this podcast episode, why I'm creating a whole four-week meditation course, why I am using this in my life coaching practice. To be honest, weed has been such a helpful tool for me in my personal growth. I remember being this super innocent, goody-two-shoe, responsible model minority growing up. And I could have been the poster child of the model minority as a, you know, humble, uh, unassertive, kind of timid Asian kid who did everything right by other people's standards, by getting all the good grades and getting the good job and savings account and house and car. And I have no regrets. Obviously, it's been able to give me this time and space to explore this other side of myself, this, you know, this this upper level of the Maslow's hierarchy, right? This self-actualization and self-love and all of these more, to, to many, a more spiritual, uh, you know, exploration that many people, many people of color don't really uh, find the privilege to prioritize in their lives because they're just trying to feed the, you know, feed, put, put food on the table. Um, they're just trying to survive. That was what my parents' experience was, right? Being immigrants from, uh, Cambodia and Vietnam, both my dad escaping the Khmer Rouge and my mom, uh, fleeing from the Viet Cong, they had a lot, they had to give up a lot to come to America to, you know, make something of themselves to survive. And again, I, I am just so 
grateful and appreciative and lucky to be to be able to do what I'm doing now because of what they've given me you know this this life and this comfort this um the values the the work ethic all of that um and now you know having taken care of these more basic needs uh inevitably you know we continue leveling up right uh we start exploring or questioning or or really um enacting our curiosity within our lives as human beings and to become the best version of ourselves and again i i mentioned that because i because cannabis has been a really big part in helping me embrace all of that i very much again absorbed that model minority right so so much of my perspective in life and in career and relationships was was very narrow it was this is what success is this is what the definition of success is and and anyone who strayed away from it just didn't know what they're hello doing right that was that was my belief at the time i judged all the people who wanted to take a more creative route or a more like you know artistic route right they were they were they just didn't know what they're doing and they were just trying to play and and you know not uh thinking about their future they were you know they were taking the less secure path and you know looking back i really do feel um I do feel shame for having that judgment against those people. You know, and this is not to say that everybody should just be, you know, like a beautiful artist traveling across the world and and you know, wearing a a, a painter's cap and you know, like no, not everybody can be you know, this super creative artistic successful person right um i i obviously still do agree in the level of stability that is required uh within our lives as well to enable that but there was still shame in uh judging others in pursuing what they cared about and what they loved and what they were excited about and i realized that judgment against others was exactly what limited my own exploration in that in creativity in being myself in loving myself and it wasn't until the second year of college where everything changed for me after 4 years of a lonely high school and and lonely i say in in terms of you know not really having a, a level of depth that i could have seen right um if if i were to just be myself there was 
I was surrounded by many great friends and family. Um, but it, there was still a sense of loneliness that I didn't know how to fulfill for myself. And it carried with me into college, the first year of college as a freshman, where I, I still lived at home. So my routine was just going to class, you know, keeping my head down, studying. Um, I didn't even really interact with anyone in my class. Went to the library to study, did, got the work done, went to my part-time job afterwards on campus, and then went straight home. That was literally my freshman year. And I, after that whole year and, and the whole, um, you know, the, the many years in high school before that, realizing how much I had left behind in, you know, this joy, this excitement, this curiosity, this creativity in my life. Um, again, for more context too, I, I used to be, really uh i used to love singing and writing back before high school too uh in, in middle school days where uh, i i literally would just go to the library to to write to create stories to you know play with words and um just express myself that way and then in in choir i loved singing i was a lead in a musical and so i gave all of that up trying to be cool and ironically ended up not being cool at all like i never even had a girlfriend you know throughout high school i never even had a kiss um up to that point i was a, a very late bloomer because i I didn't know how to how to be myself. And I realized that finally freshman year of college realizing that wow, I <laughs> I'm not really living my life right now, you know. So back to then how everything changed in my sophomore year is when my friend um invited me to his college campus where we decided to try weed for the first time. And uh, this was, I, I don't know how I got to this point because again, I was so judgmental against weed as well. You know, all the, all the kids in high school who, who came back smelling like weed all the time. Um, you know, just I, I kind of associated a, a lower level of intelligence within them. And I was just, again, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit all of this, but um, it was so much of this judgment against things I didn't understand, right? Or, or this like unfamiliar territory that had limited my own exploration you know, my own discovery. Um, so anyway, I, I don't know how I got to this point where I was able to go to, to my friend's campus and, and smoke some weed. Maybe it was this accumulation of everything um, seeming monotonous and repetitive and 
sort of black and white, right? Like it was like black and white television for me. And there was, there was just a willingness to try something new, to finally make a decision for myself, right? And I think there was also a large part of, you know, a level of trust that I had with my friend. Um, he, he's still one of my best friends today. And uh, so, so just trusting him and that, you know, he had been using weed throughout the whole year and was still seemingly fine, was still, you know, uh, successful in school and, and, you know, responsible human being. Um, he was also one of those people that I had judged for taking the more creative route. Um, you know, I, I went into technology and, and was really academic. He was a lot more creative and he wanted to be a filmmaker and, and all these different things. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's, it's again, one of those hard things to admit to was that I had doubt, you know, that, that he would, uh, you know, be, be successful or at least in my limited def definition of what success was. So finally, after, you know, more years having known each other and, um, you know, realizing what our different paths were creating for us, I finally decided to, to try it and, and do something new and do something for myself. So went over to his campus, his dorm, um, learned how to smoke weed out of a pipe for the first time. And I actually didn't feel that high the, the first time. Um, which is common for a lot of first-time cannabis users. They they don't actually feel the high as their body, you know, begins to adjust and open up new receptors for the cannabinoids. But I definitely felt a release of myself, like a letting go of judgment of you know, the, the stick up my ass, you know, I was a lot more open-minded and loose and allowed myself to have fun to a point where I actually had my first kiss that weekend as well. It was, it was a, a whole experience. Um, and, um, and I think kind of, you know, I think the story for a lot of people might seem, a lot of uh, straight guys might seem unbelievable where it's like, oh, first time I smoke weed and then I had two really cute girls teach me how to kiss. So that was the whole thing. But um, I, in general, I was a lot more loose, as I was saying, and uh, allowed myself to, you know, just have fun Um I, I enjoyed the food I was eating, you know, maybe that was part of the munchies, but I actually, you know, it, it seemed like it was an expansion of my taste buds. Um, I, I started seeing, it was like seeing color on television, you know, for the first time, everything was 
brighter and more vivid. Um, so only looking back, am I able to fully appreciate that experience? You know, in the moment I was some 19 year old kid, right? Like just having fun and enjoying myself. But looking back, I, that was a monumental moment for me to, as I was mentioning, finally make a decision for myself and, and allow myself to try things to open up to, 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 you know, go on an adventure. Um, so that was a, that was a point that really started shifting my perspective on things, on life, on how I could live. And, and so during my sophomore year after that, you know, I, I finally allowed myself to join the clubs. I, uh, you know, I, I, I went to parties. I, you know, did all these fun college things that I, you know, that I, that I didn't allow myself to do before. But then I, uh, you know, I was using cannabis on and off um, since then. And as I was approaching burnout in my corporate career, I realized the cannabis wasn't really helping me anymore. Um, started noticing more of negative effects that, that a lot of users might share is that you know, I was getting more anxious. I was getting more paranoid. Um, I wasn't really relaxed or, or able to relax uh, with the cannabis anymore. Because at the time, my environment and my mental and emotional state also wasn't stable. You know, being burned out, having low morale in my in my career, uh, in my projects where... I just was in toxic environments and just didn't have people who were emotionally supportive of me or, 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 you know, allowed me to really be myself to, to show this authentic side of me without it affecting my job or my, you know, respect or authority, credibility, right. My manliness, um, so there was, there was a lot of that being challenged and, and cannabis also wasn't helping. And this is where it comes down to the important practice of combining mindfulness with our cannabis use. Like we, we can't just depend on the cannabis to do everything for us, right? It, it's not a panacea. As I said, it doesn't work for everybody, um, and it's not going to solve every situation. And that means there has to be other practices or other tools, um, that, that helps fuel our wellness. And cannabis is, is just another tool that also amplifies it. So this leads me to what I am doing now, which is to teach cannabis meditations. And if you've been following this podcast, I've been running these sessions twice a month now for free and have had such great experiences with people. I've been 
able to you know witness the healing that goes on right before my eyes and i'm i'm just so honored and grateful and privileged and lucky and um so appreciative of this space so much that i want to continue bringing this to people who want who want this right and uh and of course to make it sustainable for myself financially right and uh and so leading me to this four-week cannabis meditation course that i'm working on now which is starting next week in the second week of october here um i am super excited to really have a structured kind of a a a loose structure of uh the progression of our cannabis meditation over four weeks. So this is for those who might be struggling with maintaining a meditation practice. So to have this group setting and an accountability with the, the four weeks would be very helpful. And to learn how to use cannabis more mindfully to, to deepen that meditation practice, to help us really drop in and focus in on, on ourself and our, and our development. I forgot to mention the whole, you know, science behind all this too, right? Cannabis. And of course there's, there, there's still a lot of research that's being done on the medicinal benefits of cannabis. But for the most part, we understand now that the, at least the THC component of cannabis is a crucial part of helping our bodies maintain homeostasis. And that's because THC is a cannabinoid or a molecule that mimics a another molecule within our, our system that is naturally produced within our, our system called anandamide. Uh, or TUAG for short. This is a neurotransmitter within our bodies that binds to the neuroreceptors of our endocannabinoid system, the ECS. And the ECS is also a recent discovery within the last few decades now, which I, I like to say is one of humanity's biggest kept secrets, right? Because of the war on drugs and racism and capitalism uh, limiting the use and research of marijuana. Uh, it, it didn't allow for us to discover that the endocannabinoid system is a crucial part in so many diseases. Um, there's a huge list of how medical marijuana helps with Alzheimer's, Cancer, Crohn's disease, eating disorders, epilepsy, glaucoma, multiple sclerosis, nausea, pain, seizures. It, it, the list goes on, right? Um, we've, we're now hearing so many beautiful stories of how cannabis is helping people where, they're, where all these traditional pharmaceuticals you know, haven't really had much of an effect at all. And it's because it directly interacts with our endocannabinoid system. 
to help us relax and eat and sleep and forget and protect. So of course, there's you know so much more that goes into it that I can't you know go into in in a podcast episode. Um, but the, for the most part, cannabis was made for our human bodies, and if we are able to use it in that way, to use it more consciously for our personal well-being, to not just use it to escape or numb or as a vice, right? That if we treat it like the medicine it is, we can really maximize its benefits and, and improve not just our physical well-being, but our emotional and spiritual well-being as well. So now we're going to go back to, to what I am creating here with this course is to learn how to do all that, right? How do you actually go and use cannabis consciously? What does an intentional practice mean? The, the short answer is that it will look differently for everyone. And it means actually going through the experience to figure that out for yourself, right? This is not me telling you how to live your life or, or what wellness is supposed to be, you know, or, or how you're supposed to use cannabis, like as if there's a right and wrong way, right? Um, but it's a space to explore for yourself how you really want to improve your own consciousness and confidence and creativity and clarity within your life. If any of this sounds interesting to you, I would love to have you in the course. We already have a couple people signed up and waiting to get started in October. And I would love to have you to, you know, share your experience with how you're using cannabis and to explore for yourself how meditation can improve that as well. So you can learn more at bit.ly slash cannabis meditation course, all one word, lowercase. So bit.ly slash cannabis meditation course. And I'll have the, the link in the show notes or in the description below as well. But go there to learn more about the course and to sign up through Eventbrite. And I'd love to have you there. If you are also interested to join a free community of other conscious cannabis users, uh, I'd love to have you in my private Discord as well. You can join that at bit.ly slash cannabis humans. So bit.ly slash cannabis humans, all one word, lowercase. Link is also in the show notes. But this is a space to also have you know, continue the discussion around how we are using cannabis consciously and how we can make the most out of this, this beautiful plant. So again, join the four-week cannabis meditation course if you're interested to learn how to set a more intentional practice around this plant, as well as the free Discord community to connect with other people through this podcast and through the other communities that I am in as well. So with that, I really appreciate you for listening to this podcast and to this episode. 
and don't forget to human up.